Chapter 8 The Family Mortgage Martha was working on a shoot at the South Wall. The cameras skillfully angled to catch a background glimpse of the iconic striped chimneys and not the hulking incinerator belching smoke into the sky. The air smelt of sewage. Leah waited while her friend dusted powder on the upturned faces of a pair of hungry-looking girls. They were bare-legged and clad in scraps of fabric that had apparently been torn from a spider's web. Martha was wearing a ski jacket and boots. Try not to shiver, she advised. It'll only take longer, and don't grit your teeth. I'll have the kettle on. The waifs smiled bravely, their gossamer rags whipping in the wind. Leah Triple locked her bicycle to the railings and joined Martha in the trailer. I'd forgotten how young they are, she said, curling up on the settee and wrapping a blanket around her. Children, Martha filled the kettle, and the food thing is more of a challenge every day. Some of them are supporting their families and they're scared to eat in case they put on weight. Worried they're going to end up like me. Martha was proper beautiful, Leah thought, admiring the curve of her hips. There was something reassuring about someone who still ate biscuits. Martha opened a packet of ginger nuts and dipped one in her tea. Must have been thinking about you when I got these. So, what is it couldn't wait until after work? Leah told her about last night's visit from Ethan Blake. Is he as good-looking as he is in photos? Better, said Leah, accepting a biscuit. Like Superman, only massively tense. So do you fancy him? Leah laughed. That'd be a first. Do you think I should do it? His house? Well, you've said yes, haven't you? He seems to think I have, but I don't think he's used to people saying no to him. So, what's the problem? Leah crunched and swallowed. Can I use your laptop? Keyed into the search engine, the name Carmoyle brought up photographs of a tumble-down gate lodge. A driveway sweeping through farmland, and the house itself squatting ornately at the top of the hill. Carmoyle had been built to impress. Martha laughed. Grandeur really isn't your thing, is it? It's not just that. There's something about the house. I can't put it into words. You're not going to go all Ronan on this, are you? Dowsing around for ley lines. No pendulums, said Leah. I promise. But I don't think I'm imagining it either. Martha glanced out the window at the goose-pimpled models and reached under the counter for hot water bottles. She put the kettle on to boil again. What are your options? I've still got loads of debt. Leah counted on her fingers. The money from the HQ project paid off more than half of it, but the credit card company's being rotten and I'm three months behind on the payments for Ormond Key. And I'm stuck with it because of the whole negative equity thing. And if it gets repossessed, your mum and dad lose their home. Leah bit her lip. I can't let that happen. The debts incurred by Ronan, which were revealed in the weeks after his disappearance, had included a particularly vicious mortgage on her parents' home. It belonged to a money-lending package euphemistically known as a family mortgage, marketed at the height of the prosperity 
to enable parents to help their adult children to move out of home. Too few people had read the small print, with the result that there were many elderly couples now living in temporary housing, along with the offspring that they had intended to support. Family mortgages had since been made illegal, which was of little help to those already in their clutches. The silver lining to this was that nobody who was privy to Ronan's banking activity believed that he was dead. Emptying your accounts and fleecing your family are not normally considered end-of-life activities. Leah, too, was convinced that her brother was still alive. If he wasn't, some cosmic sibling sense would have let her know. But she didn't buy the official version of the story either. Ronan's phone had been found in a bin at Dublin Airport, and there was evidence that he had boarded a flight to London. After that, the trail went cold. He'll be on the beach in Rio, said the investigating officer, living the life. But Ronan would never have done anything so clichéd. If he had taken the money, and there was plenty of evidence that he had, he would have done something much less predictable. The officer consulted his files. Your brother has Asperger's syndrome, right? They call it ASD now, but yes. Behaviour that fails to take social situations into account is consistent with the condition. He pushed a piece of pink paper across the desk. Psychiatrist's report. Leah returned the report without even trying to decipher the illegible scroll. She did not think that she would get anything more out of the police. Besides, she had just made an important decision. She was not going to tell their parents that Ronan had taken out a mortgage on their home. Two years on, they still didn't know. Martha, who had never been a Ronan fan, couldn't understand why Leah insisted on preserving the myth. I think you should tell them, she said, filling the hot water bottles and wrapping them in blankets. You can't keep on working like this forever. Leah shook her head. I can't, not with Dad's health the way it is. Pat Lawless was increasingly abstract in his dealings with the world. Leah's mother, on the other hand, was as tough as old boots. You can't make your mother love you just by being good. You do know that. I do know that, said Leah, though I think she does love me, deep down. It's just that she can't accept me. Yes, said Martha gently, but that's quite a big thing. Opinions varied on why Mrs Lawless was so critical of her daughter. Leah had no idea whether any of these were true, so she believed the one that she liked best, which was that bringing up an autistic son had been so incredibly difficult that Mary Lawless had stripped her parenting gears and had absolutely no energy left for Leah, who was shaping up to be pretty difficult herself. Ronan negotiated the world so well that his autism presented as an entertaining quirk of character. He was intellectually brilliant and charismatic. He sailed through school, but when he came home everything fell apart. Among the people who loved him most, the teenage Ronan became unreachable, he locked himself in his bedroom and screamed for hours on end. The household shaped itself around his sensitivities. Nobody ate anything orange, and high-frequency sounds were avoided like the plague. What would set him off? Big emotional hurdles 
like the death of his grandparents, left him unmoved. Small misunderstandings almost destroyed him. He would hide, weeping miserably for days on end, and then he would go back out into the world and be golden. You were golden too, said Martha. Still are, if you ask me. But Leah knew that she would never have her brother's charm. She didn't resent it, because she knew how difficult it was for him, but she did sometimes regret that he'd used up all their mother's parenting credits, which, in fairness, had probably been limited from the get-go. Leah drew her knees up to her chest and wrapped a rug around her. Whatever way she feels about me, I don't want them losing their home. Agreed, but I can't believe you're still covering for that bastard. That's the thing, said Leah slowly. Ronan's not a bastard. He certainly acted like one. I know, but that's not what he's really like. Ronan would never let anything bad happen to Mam and Da. Or me. He just did. Something must have happened, said Leah. Something that stopped him from picking up a phone? Martha glanced around. Her voice changed. Sorry, sweetie. She passed a box of tissues. Leah blew her nose. If it wasn't for Ronan, I'd still be working in a hostess bar in Tokyo. Surely they'd have fired you by now? Leah managed a watery smile. To know about that. Lanky gingers were at a premium. They had a very specific clientele. But serving drinks to salary men with a freckle fetish is only going to get you so far. It had been a difficult time. A series of high-profile contracts in Milan had brought her to Tokyo for a job that wasn't what it seemed, and the brokenness that had photographed so well when she was younger was beginning to manifest as damage. Leah cuddled the hot water bottle. Ronan knew I'd had enough. He sent me a ticket. I didn't even need to ask, he just did it, and he gave me a job. That kind of worked out, if you think about it. You've been winging it beautifully, Martha admitted. Which brings us back to where we started. On one hand, we have a situation that desperately needs money, and on the other, we have a poster boy celeb who wants to give you a highly paid job. The catch is that you have to work with a creepy house. Seriously? I'd go with the house. I know, said Leah. Can I have another biscuit?